Today, we're going to be talking about The Dark Tower. And in our tube talk, we're going to be talking about Game of Thrones and Master of None. So stay tuned. Welcome to The Real Review. Welcome to The Real Review, sponsored by Parametric and Lazy Ape Studios, where you get some of the latest happenings, real thoughts, and perspectives in the world of film and television. I'm here with Matt Lobster Hands Hey. Hey. <laughs> Who am I, Matt? Joel. Yeah. Everybody, I am with Joel. Don't let anybody see your shine, Cunningham. <laughs> That's the best one. <laughs> I was on, I totally forgot about the shine. The shine. Oh my goodness. That's just like that. Oh, we're, well, we're going to be talking about that one today. Yeah, folks. we're going to be talking about the, the shine guy. So stay yeah. tuned. And our Dark Tower review. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, you know, mine is also Dark Tower inspired. Yes. Lobsterosities. Lobsterosities. Yeah. And this is something that maybe one of our listeners who's read the books could uh, share with us and let us know a little bit about. Supposedly yeah. there's something in the books about a lobster handed man, lobstrosity. Um, I don't think he's lobster-handed. I don't know. Shout out to Dan Parker to for Dan Parker. bringing this to our attention. Yeah, telling us about the lobstrosities. We'll have to go into that. Yeah, I was picturing, like I said before, like the 300 guy. Like yeah. The guy from 300 that, that chops hands people. and he's got like, the lobster <laughs> arms. Yeah, so that's what I was picturing. So Lobster hands. There he is, yeah. So welcome to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Glad to have you here. Uh, if this is your first time listening, we want to go ahead and just let you know a little bit about how we run things here on the podcast. Matt's a little bit of a, uh, I don't know what you would call it, fire and ice, how that going sure. to Game of Thrones, yeah, the got metaphor, kind there. of emotional and uh, experiential, and yeah, kind yeah. of uh, gets into things on a more emotional basis and more of a fan type perspective. Yeah, what I'm feeling, right? And I and I do get emotional, but I tend to be more the kind of critical, logical, like structural type breakdown guy. Uh, the analytical the, details, yeah. So yeah. uh, with that, though, we combine our thoughts, put those together to give you what we believe is a real thought and a real perspective uh, for whatever it is that we're reviewing. The real review. The real review. There <laughs> it is. All right. So, um, Matt, why don't you give our listeners some ways to get connected, some ways that they could tell us about this lobstrosity. Y'all could get connected <laughs> with us in this social media world on Facebook.com uh, slash Real Review Media and Instagram and Twitter at Real Review Media. And uh, we have a website, which we're updating all the time. In fact, we just got some new stuff up there today that we'll talk about probably a little bit later on some point in our world. But uh, the, the new cable photos. It's awesome. World. <laughs> so um, it's realreviewmedia.com. You can email us, drop us a line over at realreviewmedia at gmail.com. And as usual, it's real spelled R-E-E-L. So make it happen. There it is. Yep. That's great. I'm going to issue a photo challenge. Okay. Send us a picture of the lobster man. Oh, yeah. The lobstrosities, <laughs> the lobstrosities. from Stephen King's uh, Dark Tower series. From the Dark Tower series. And you will get, if you want, a sticker for the website. Yeah. Yeah, how about that? I like it. We've got a bazillion of those yes, we left do. over from Comic-Con that yep. didn't arrive until the day I left for Comic-Con. Yep, so, so we didn't even yeah. actually get to distribute them. Very so. unfortunate. So, but, oh well. Cool. Anyway, yeah. So with that, though, why don't we get right into talking about Dark Tower? Yeah, man. Cool. So uh, this was a film that we both had a chance to see. Uh, the director for it was Nicolaj Arcel. Uh, the synopsis for it is The Last Gunsinger, Lola... <laughs> Roland, <laughs> aha, I'm already starting off. <laughs> Roland DeChain, <laughs> just Chain. 
I can't say. Deshane? Deshane, there you go. Uh, has been locked in an eternal batter, battle with Walter Odim, also known as the Man in Black, determined to prevent him from topping the toppling the Dark Tower, uh, which holds the universe together. With the fate of the worlds at stake, good and evil will collide in the ultimate battle as only Roland can defend the tower from the Man in Black. It stars primarily Idris Elba, uh, Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey, McCona- <laughs> Matt, Matt McConaughey, all right, all right, and uh, Tom Taylor. Yeah, all, yep. right, all right, yeah. So those are the big ones. Uh, Matt, why don't you give us some thoughts on this? That's an epic description for it what, is. in a lot of ways, turned out to not, not be, be very as epic. epic as they're. Making I, I felt kind of like okay slash meh about it. Okay. Um, let's start off with the good. Yep. This is what we normally do. We start start off on a positive note. Yeah. So. Idris Elba, I like him in everything. Yeah. He's awesome. He just brings weight, gravity to whatever he's in. He's awesome. Even in Pacific Rim, he was like the most like like weight bearing and serious, like dramatic guy in the film, I felt yeah. like. Yeah. Um but he's awesome. He's in even Matthew McConaughey to a degree. I think a lot of his problems were more script issues than than himself. Yeah. But um Positive is my favorite part about this. One is kind of the runtime, which we'll get to that in a minute. It's only like an hour and 35 minutes long. Uh, but two, I think the biggest thing is the action. I thought the action was pretty good. Even some of the stuff that could have been generic CG stuff was was executed well to a degree to give you a sense of, especially Roland's uh, character, Idris's character, um, his his kind of like his abilities as a gunslinger. And I like that. Yeah. Um, as far as positives, the kid, I thought he did well. Um, not amazing, but I thought he did well. Um, and that might be it as far as the positives. I don't know what, what else you got for positives, Joel? No, I thought similarly, I think the action scenes that were there were good and effective, although a bit predictable. I didn't feel like anything that happened in any of the action scenes was like, well, I didn't see that coming. I mean, it's a guy shooting guns, and you can pretty much right. imagine where that would go. He's going to shoot people, and he's going to shoot things that hit people. Yeah. You know, uh, I think the craziest it got was with the the bouncing off of different, you know, reflecting it off of different, ricocheting it off yeah. of different objects and stuff. Uh, and I will say we're going to try and do, so the first little part of this, we're going to do non-spoilery. And then quickly move into kind of the spoiler right. territory, and we'll we'll let you know we're going to do that if you don't want to get this spoiled. Um, I felt like the acting was decent. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that it blew me away. It was a little flat. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times. I think the the production design and cinema not cinematography, but the special effects were good. Yeah, uh, there was nothing about it that felt fake or artificial. Everything was like, oh yeah, okay that fits and that kind of makes sense and there's the potential there for there to be some really bad CG and special effects especially when you've got like these creatures that they've created in these other worlds uh, or other world I should say the the middle the mid earth not middle earth (laughs) not middle earth (laughs) not not, Frodo's world not Frodo (laughs) although they are one big tower never mind so could be I don't uh, know yeah there's a tie in there somewhere probably but um, so I thought the CG was pretty good I thought the acting was okay it didn't blow me away I think both Idris and Matthew can do really good acting jobs given the right content. And this is the first time I personally think I've seen 
I know Matthew McConaughey took on a like an evil role with uh, what was that? Uh, the one movie, Crud, where he's the hired killer. He did an amazing job with that. Uh, Joe, Lucky Joe, was it or something like that? I don't remember exactly, but came out I think a year or two ago. It was a really tough role. I mean, it was a really dark. I can actually look it up real quick, but. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, it was kind of an indie type With action. those, the two kids? No. Oh, that's Mud. That's Mud. Okay, yeah, you're talking um, about Mud. I'm talking about something that's kind of okay, yeah, I'm a not sure little darker. Uh, let's see here if I can find it. I can try It's it like down. a hired contract killer. It came out around the same time as Mud. Uh, killer Joe. Okay, That's gotcha. what I'm talking about. He played a really bad, pretty bad dude in that. Gotcha. Some really kind of horrible stuff. And so I think he can play a dark, bad character mm-hmm. if he wants to. But I think what this film... So I'm going to move more into the kind of negative yeah, that's stuff because there's a the whole good. lot of the positive <laughs> to talk about. Um, unless, yeah, there's not much more. Um, I think it needed a bit more depth. And I, this is the dumb thing. I think a lot of times I'm always saying, like, I don't need my bad guys to have reasons necessarily. Like, mm-hmm. they can just be bad to be bad. Um, when I say that, though, that doesn't mean that I necessarily want my bad guys to not have depth to them, to not have purpose and reasons and like a theme that kind of got and like an internal dialogue that guides them i want that but it doesn't mean that that has to make sense it doesn't have to be realistic in a way because people can just be evil for being evil sake like hitler didn't have to have in my mindset this like well he suffered this as a child and then he went through that to be this horrible guy that killed a bunch of people and did awful things it's like his motivation was there to do that, though, and he had reasons for doing it. I'm not saying they were at all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had motivations for them. And that's kind of what this movie needed with a lot of the characters and especially with him. The antagonist was such a flat antagonist, the man in black. It was like, well, he just wants to destroy the tower. Well, why? Yeah. Well, you don't really know why. There, he just, it's not given, yeah. He, just, he maybe had this kind of weird experience when he was like at some age where he kind of like went into like the hell world. Which that that line of dialogue was so I, horrible. I felt like they're so metaphorical too. Yeah. I didn't think it was well, an he's like, he's the guy's dying, and he walks up to. I'm spoiling already here, yeah. but he like walks up to the guy, and he goes, he's like, "Oh, you're dying. Well, you want to know what happens next? Nothing. Nothing happens at all." And then the guy's like, "Go to hell," and he's like, "I've been there." And I'm yeah. like, "Well, you just disproved what you just said. Yeah, 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 so yeah. obviously there's hell. Yeah. So what's okay? So like, <laughs> and that was so yeah. The motivation aspects of the characters, especially with him, Idris character, like was literally just revenge. Yeah. That's like his whole motivation. The main kid's character was, well, I just want to prove that I'm not crazy. Yeah. You know, there well, just yeah. there was a lack of depth. I wanted to see like more than just one layer deep with these characters. Yeah. And in the bones you can see um you can see the makings of some pretty cool like mythology that's just not fleshed out. Right. Even um, in the world. Yeah, the dark yeah. tower, it's there there's something briefly mentioned it's there since the, the amusement beginning of park time. stuff. There's yeah. things there that exist that you just never get any idea right really of what it's about. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest negative for me um other than there was for such a short movie and we've talked about this before for such a short movie there was a lot of scenes that kind of dragged yeah. and were boring. Yeah, I I relate a lot of that as well to pacing issues yeah, um, and dialogue issues. Dialogue was really bad to yeah. me. I mean, the, <laughs> the fact that he would just like walk up to somebody and go hate and then they just started eating, <laughs> you know, like anger, yeah. stop breathing. Like, that's just so stupid. Like, I didn't even need him to say anything. He could have just like done a hand motion and they're just 
acting a certain way. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was like so on the nose with a lot of that stuff. I didn't mind that for some reason. It just felt really childish. It felt very wooden and childish, and it like I didn't need half of the dialogue that was there. Um, so that was a big kind of like mark for me. And then you know we talked about this pacing issues and and tone issues. I I really felt like the whole movie was both too long and too short. There was times where I felt like they were just like needlessly long and elongated moments of like him wandering in the desert or staring at things or seeing visions that like I I got it within a second and I could have moved on. Yeah. But they just kept it going a little too long. And one or two of those in a whole film is not that bad, but it kept happening over and over and over again. So those moments felt really long, but then the entire film itself felt very short. Because it felt like I never really got a sense to get into the world and get into the characters right. and the mindsets. And so the whole thing ended up feeling this weird conglomerate of too long and too short. Yeah. Um, which was very bad for me. Did you have any thoughts with that? No, I agree. I think, um, I think you know, this movie's been plagued with a lot of production issues. Yeah. Um, behind camera, in front of camera, behind script pages, behind release date studios, meddling and, and all kinds of craziness. And um, I think I think what we got is just a direct effect of that. I think that's primarily what's going on there. Um, but I, honestly, that's that's the biggest thing for me. And I think um, to the more I think about it, and the more I talk about it, I, I keep it's kind of drifted downwards a little bit for me. Yeah, same here. As far as what I want to rate it and what I want to give this thing, and I, I'd have to probably give it probably a seventy-one. Okay. Um, just because. It was just kind of meh, and I'm not really, I don't feel like I'm going to remember this. Yeah. You know, like, give me a week, and I probably already forgot about most of everything in the movie. Yeah, I'm going a little lower. Yeah. Actually, I'm doing a 67, Okay, so it's like a D-plus range, yeah. D, D-plus range. I it just, I agree with you on the whole madness of it, and it's not going to be a film that I'm excited to see a sequel to if they make one. No, Which they're doing not... a TV series that got oh, greenlit. Okay. It's kind of actually all the background of the gunslinger, I guess. That actually might be a lot more interesting. Yeah. Because that's the kind of stuff that I wanted. You can I... flesh it out. Yeah. Uh, you can do it right. And uh, it seems like TV series are getting things more right than major motion pictures are. At this point. Yeah. I, it definitely depends on the network. Right. Um, but yeah, I would agree. I mean, if this shows up on like a CW. No. Yeah. Um, I do you don't know think where it, it got greenlit? No, it's going to be a streaming service, I think. Like oh, okay. uh, Netflix or an Amazon or a Hulu. Even. Netflix could be good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so. it'll be interesting in, the, in that sense. Yeah. This is definitely, this film really felt like an intro story. Yeah. It didn't give you enough to really get into anything. So it's yeah. like, it's kind of open, like an open book as far yeah. as what direction they want to take it in. I mean, the Stephen King series is long running and was very popular. I've heard mixed reactions from fans. Some people mm-hmm. saying that they liked it. Some people saying it was meh. Some people getting really angry. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't say that I'm sad to hear that they're not necessarily going to continue on with the t- with a movie series yeah. or excited that they're going to do a TV series. But maybe, at least for the fans, that will offer them a more realistic, um, yeah, real fitting. Maybe the lobster guy will make a cameo. The lobster guy, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, just real quick on the spoiler section, we are going to, uh, this is the section where I just want to bring up a couple things on the spoilers for this movie. Not uh, that there's a lot. Yeah. So just, you know, if you're not wanting to get any spoilers or anything like that, just right. go ahead and uh, slap forward. It's, so, yeah, I don't know if it's even worth it, but anyway. just uh, for, Well, you know, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Does, you know, courtesy. <laughs> this is a courtesy. Yeah. Yeah. Matt McConaughey dies. Yeah. Five, four, three, two, one, Matthew McConaughey Yeah. Dies. Usually yeah. when we do spoilers, somebody dies. <laughs> but, Pretty much. Um, 
Yeah, the funny thing was that we were joking around with earlier was the shine. They have this thing like if you're a psychic in this world, you have the shine. Yeah. And, you know, Matthew McConaughey's character can track you if you use the shine. So don't use the shine, but it makes you more powerful. But that's what I'm talking about. That's like where the dialogue and everything just felt so silly and kind of on the nose. Like you couldn't think of a better term than shine. Right. What? What? Like, okay, I've got the shine and yeah. the shine shines so they can I'm gonna see it. I'm going to let my light shine. Yeah. Guys. And like the description <laughs> of the tower of was like, oh, well, and I know this is in the book, but like give it some depth. Yeah. I mean, give it a little bit, like talk about where the tower comes from. I shouldn't have, instead, have to read the book to know what's happening. Right. Here. But yeah. instead they're like, oh, there's a tower and it emits energy and that keeps bad things at bay it's like really that and there's infinite amount of worlds that this tower holds right together. and that's like that if if there was more to it than that then it would be cool but i i don't necessarily need that much more depth with that description right. but that was like the deepest that anything got was yeah. there's a tower it emits powers and energies and that keeps bad things at bay, like the spider, which was, right. where's the spider coming from? That was the funniest thing. Yeah. He's like doing the description of the tower and he just randomly pulls a tarantula out of nowhere. I'm just right. like, okay, <laughs> deuce ex spider, yeah. you know, that was my joke. But so I thought that was really stupid and just their level of description and dialogue and yeah. understanding different elements. And they played out that way with everything, the shine. Like, well, what's the shine? Where does it come from? Did people develop this over time? Did it, was it like, how is that? How does that work itself out? You yeah, know? There's, there's some other... Why ba- does this kid have the shine? There's other bad dialogue too, like, oh, you're hurt. I don't have anything to help you. Uh, <laughs> well, but you should, so you should, you know, maybe, maybe <laughs> if you lay down, it'll help you out. Maybe go rest. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he's like, that was so funny. He's like, he's like, oh man, this is a pretty bad injury. I can't do anything to help you. But you should probably lay down and rest. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 well, yeah. What? How do you know that's going to help? <laughs> I know, right. So just stupid things like that at times. I mean, everything was like, set up for exactly the direction that you knew that it was going to go in. I mean, from the very beginning, you knew that, I think the only thing that was slightly, slightly just a bit shocking was that they killed Matthew McConaughey at the end, but it wasn't shocking in the sense that I'm like, wow, but it was more, more of a, well, I guess they're not going to continue on the series with him. Yeah. That was just the end of his ride in the series. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, everything felt very flat. Everything felt very boring. I'm trying to think of other spoilery type talk. I thought the weird, the weird, um, I wanted to see Matthew McConaughey more enjoying his badness. Yeah. You know, because it felt more of like he was just kind of like on a path. Like it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been surprising to me to find out that he's like not the main bad guy, but he's like the underling that's just doing it because yeah. some other guy is telling him to yeah. do it. But that never panned out, yeah. and so it felt like he was really flat because you never got an understanding of why he's trying to destroy the tower to bring in the darkness. He just is because reasons. But I, th- I wanted to see him like going around and like having. He did that one little moment of it with that little girl in the yeah. park, and he's like, "Hate," but then that never went anywhere. There was no payoff for any of that. Yeah. I wanted to see more of. Yeah most of the bad things that he did outside of like things that he was trying to do to accomplish his goal, like the real nasty type things that he just did because he was upset at people. Yeah. He did to his own underlings. Yeah. Which I don't care about. I kind of like the skin, the skin effect. Like, and that got kind of dark. There's like this scene where they're like, they're in this club and like people are like trying on different like faces and skins and stuff. I was like, Ooh, it felt really dark. It felt kind of stupid and manipulative too, though. I mean like literally, okay. So there's this giant club of like monster creatures that exist just behind like a door. It reminded like, me of blade a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, 
But I, like at least with Blade, they had like entrances with yeah. bodyguards, and you had to like key code and right. figure out the secret way of getting it. Like that made sense. These were just like out and about with like a locked door, and you yeah. could. It's like don't go in there because bad things. You know, monster people face skin people. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, well, you pretty much are just out in the open. Um, so, but I don't, I don't know. I don't really have anything else to add to that. Do you have any? There's plenty more that I could talk about. Okay. I mean, as far as like just negative things that, but I'm not going to spend too much time just C minus D plus. Yeah. That's what we got. Yeah. But. So, I mean, I wouldn't suggest it. I think it's definitely going to be one of those movies you can just, if you want to watch it, wait for Netflix or something like that. All right. Well, with that being the case, we're going to go ahead and move into our tube talk conversation then. Um, just stay tuned. And then we're going to be coming back. We're going to be talking about Game of Thrones and a little bit of a show, a new season of Master of None. All right, welcome back for our Tube Talk conversation time. This is where we're going to be talking about uh, some television shows here. And um, Matt, unfortunately, you have not yet still had a chance to get quite caught up on the Game of Thrones. Just this one episode, I haven't haven't like done my uh, yeah. discovery on it yet. So Gotcha. Um, so we'll talk about Game of Thrones. We're also going to talk about season two of a show that I watched the first season of. And then they just started the second one. They just released it on Netflix. I haven't gotten all the way through yet, but it's called Master of None. Yeah, Aziz, Yeah, Aziz and Zari and Alan Yang. Yeah, are the two guys that the creators for that one. So, cool. uh, talk about it briefly, and then uh, yeah, that's good. So let's start off though with our Game of Thrones conversation here. Yeah, episode four of this current season. Um, so where we last left off, break it uh, down, uh, Olena. Just got uh, poisoned. Yes. So they didn't do anything with that. Okay. Which I actually was kind of hoping they would circle back to. I was hoping they would bring some resolution to kind of find out if she's going to die or she's going to survive. Because I keep holding on to the feeling that maybe they, they, since they didn't just kill her, kill her, Mm -hmm. and they didn't show her dying, that maybe they're going to have her come back or something like that, or they're going to walk in the room and she'll have escaped or something like that. I don't know. I know they don't always do that in Game of Thrones. A lot of times they just kill people off screen. Yeah. Yeah, It just happens. Um so, didn't do too much there. Um, I actually thought this episode, for the most part, until the end, to the last like 10 minutes or so, was really boring. Okay. Uh, last 10 or 15 minutes or so. And then it picked up and it became one of the best battles they've had really? on Game of Thrones. Yeah. Who's like, fighting? Ever. So, it's uh, Cersei is fighting Jamie Lannister, more or less. Um, Cersei, I'm sorry, not Cersei, uh, Daenerys. I was like, what? I was like, wow, yeah, <laughs> holy cow. Totally screwed that one up there. No, so Daenerys is flying on her dragon and uh, she leads her army of uh, the Dothraki. To Highgarden? Uh, to Highgarden. Okay. So at the end of the last episode, uh, you have the Queen of Thorns who just passed away and Jaime Lannister is taking the gold and the, all their stuff and heading back to King's Landing with his troops. Right. And Daenerys is very like, torn because okay. she's losing all these forces and everything and she wants to go attack them but the her advisors are saying well mostly Tyrion is saying like you can't do it it's too risky don't do it and um so she finally i guess is like in this episode she's had enough she has this moment with john if you will where they kind of go into this cave and it's it's quasi romantic and i i'm really? watching yeah the uh q a that comes at the end of the episode and in the Q&A, the showrunners are talking about like how this was supposed to be kind of a romantic moment between the two characters. So they're developing that. I know we talked about Even that in the last aunt episode. And, aunt and nephew. Yes. Yeah. Um, we talked about that in the last episode, yep. and that is kind of weird, but it's Game of Thrones. Right. And so they're- <laughs> It's like anything goes. I anything guess. goes, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So 
yeah, so we'll see if they end up going through with that or what it's going to be. It was like a cute kind of, not cute, but more of like a you could tell that they were kind of getting intimately close to each other and getting to know each other and discovering things together. And then Daenerys just like spoils the mood completely when she's like, well, you have to bow the knee to me. And um, again, she does that. Yeah. Cause okay. he's like, he's like, you know, we can work together. We can make things happen. And then she's like, okay, but you're going to have to bow the knee to me. And he's just like staring at her. Yeah. And you can tell it's like, well, that's rough. Yeah. And then, then he goes, well, we, you know, my people aren't going to let me, or they're not going to follow you. They don't know you. And she's like, well, if you bow the knee, then they're going to listen. And there's kind of some truth to that. But at the same time, I feel like, her character has really gone down this path where it's kind of gotten very self-centered and self-righteous. And I'm hoping in this coming episode... There needs to be some give and take. Yeah, I'm hoping that maybe she realizes that because the problem now is that she did win this. I mean, the the battle definitely goes in her favor. I mean, the Dothraki slay all the Lannister troops... they they definitely get I mean the the, the King's Landing troops yeah. and uh, the dragon you know, destroys pretty much all their stuff. They do get the gold back, okay. so they're able to pay off the bank because that was a big part of this season. Is Wait, who does the Lannisters? Uh, the Lannisters. Okay, do. yeah. yeah. They get the High Garden gold back to. King's so Jamie escaped then. Well, so that's kind of the cliffhanger of the episode. Oh, okay. Um, it builds up to the big battle, and the funny thing was is that it starts the episode, and I was like telling my friend that I was watching this with, I was like. The dragon's gonna fight. They're gonna a dragon. Dragon's gonna show up. It's got to show up because the way they were setting it up, and then sure enough, the end of the episode does. Yeah. So they revisit the same scene of the troops kind of marching along, and um, so the battle builds, and it's a really epic battle. I cool. mean, it's the dragons coming through, and he's like, you can really just see the impacts that this dragon is having on like he's like burning people, and they're turning into ash. Oh wow! Yeah. And then the Dothraki come in there, and they're just breaking through the lines and slaying people, and it builds really nicely. And there's just like all this blood and blood and killing. And then um, Braun, who's with Jamie, yeah. uh, decides he's going to try. Uh, Jamie encourages him to. So he runs over and he uses the big dragon shooter Spear gun. gun thing. Spear gun thing. Yeah, to try and take down the dragon. And part of me, the, the thing that worked so effectively with the, the episode is you didn't know really who could die or who right, could live. Right, right. Anything Because it felt like Jamie could die. It felt like Braun could die. It felt like one of the dragons could die. Weirdly, in the back of my head, I was like, well, maybe Daenerys what would if she die. Died? Yeah, yeah I mean, crazy. I don't think they would ever do that. Um, not at this point, maybe next season, but yeah. I don't think they would do it at this I point. Think, I think either Snow or Daenerys is going to die before the end of this thing. Yeah, but like the thing we've seen in the show is that when people get really big-headed, there is always a fall. Right. Like when people get really cocky, and she's been acting very cocky, very like big-headed and very like, well, I'm in charge and Tar- Targaryen and da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. I feel that way. It could just be the showrunners having her character go that way too. I don't know if they're setting it up for something like that, but I would like to think that they're that's kind of the direction. Yeah. But at the end of the episode, um, so... Braun shoots the dragon with one of the big spears and it gets injured and it like falls down. And so Daenerys gets off and she's trying to like yank the big spear out of its arm. And as she's doing so, Jamie and there was a really cool intimate moment in a weird way with Tyrion because he still cares for Jamie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he definitely doesn't care well, for his Cersei. brother, yeah. Right. And he still cares for a lot of the troops and a lot of people because there's people he knows. And so he's watching as the dragon's like destroying all these people. Um, and he, you can tell that he's kind of torn. Yeah, conflict. And there's yeah. conflict there because it's like he's watching all these troops just get decimated, and he cares about the people. And so Jamie's charging Cersei with a spear as she's gotten off the dragon. She's trying to. Get you mean the, Daenerys? Yeah, Daenerys. Sorry, keep <laughs> messing names up. But um, so he's charging her, and right before he gets to her, the dragon like turns its head, and it's like about to like I thought it was gonna like chomp down on him. Yeah. But it's about to shoot fire, and then Bronn jumps up and knocks him off his horse. And they both fall into a lake. 
okay. And so it ends with them both kind of falling into the lake and kind of sinking down, and then it cuts. And so I don't think they died. I don't think either of right, them died. Right, right. Um, they might, like, knock them out for, like, an episode or so. My assumption is he'll surface on, like, some other part of the lake, and yeah. Cersei maybe will think he's dead and be like, eh, he's dead, I've got to yeah. go for vengeance and all this yeah. other stuff. So, um, but it was really effective because at any moment I never knew who was going to die. Right. That's cool. Um, most of the rest of the episode though, I actually thought was kind of boring. Okay. It felt very slowly paced. I mean, it really felt like everything was just building to that battle at the end of the episode and the rest of the stuff. There was some kind of sweet, in a sense, back and forth with Arya and Sansa because they never got along well. And oh, they Arya, reunited then. Yeah, they reunited. Cool. And I think Bran, um, Bran was much better in this episode. He was a lot more effective in his role and yeah. it made a lot Not more sense. Not weird. Yeah, he was still kind of weird, but yeah. for a reason. Sure. And it made sense in an effective way. And he has gotcha. this really crazy exchange with Littlefinger and it's it's a really good back and forth. Um, but the the whole thing with Arya and Sansa got way too long. Mm. And then the, him meeting, like Bran meeting with Arya got way too long. And there was like long takes of conversations between John and like Theon, which was in, an, in a way interesting because there's been some tension there and yeah. some obviously stuff that happened with Sansa that he's upset about. Right. But it just felt like everything was really kind of stretching out just to get to the point where they could have that big battle sure. at the end. So okay. um, the episode itself would have probably been a pretty low-ranking episode if not for that giant epic battle that happened at the end. What did um, you give it? So I gave this episode um, a right at a 90. So, oh, okay. Yeah, it's yeah that, that really amped it up then. That it really amped it up. Oh, cool. I would have given it probably close to like a B minus, but that fight scene was just, ooh, so oh, cool. good. cool. Awesome. Yeah, so visceral, so fun, and very nice. So nice. Cool. So uh, then with that, we'll move on to our discussion of this show, Master of None. Um, Matt, I know you haven't had a chance to watch this either. Nope. No? I saw part of the first episode, but never okay. continued through it of season one. You know one. what seasons are, though. Yeah, and yep. I probably Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec, yep. yep. And that's kind of the big thing that I've known from. I've seen some of his stand-ups as well, and I liked most of his stand-up. I thought it was pretty funny, at least his first one. I don't think I've seen his second. Okay. Um, so I, I approached the show. I didn't start watching the show until I started hearing some of the critical feedback that I was hearing from it, which a lot of people were praising it for what they felt like was a good sense of realism and honesty mm-hmm. and that it, it wasn't trying to hold back it was telling the story, a very realistic story of what people would go through in their lives. Okay. And I think the first season and the second season so far, as I've seen it, uh, do do that. Okay. And they do try to keep it pretty honest. Um, and I like that about it. I do love it. Okay. One of the aspects that I've had a really hard time, and especially with the first season, it's gotten a little bit better, I think, with the second, is the acting. Um, is it over the top or No, what? it's really bad. Really? Yeah. To me. I, oh, okay. He casts a lot of people, like he casts his real mom and dad in it, and he casts like real family members, and a lot of them cast real family members and parents. Oh, People okay. that don't really know anything so about that. there's not a lot acting. of tenure there. Yeah, so. and I think there's a lot of forgiveness with him mm-hmm. on that regard because he's going for something that tries to be very real and mm-hmm. honest, and so they give him, I think a lot of reviewers give him the benefit of the doubt in that regard, and he directs a lot of the episodes as well. Oh, okay. Um, but- that was really hard for me to get past on numerous occasions because everything always felt like, because the dialogue is still written. You can tell the dialogue for these characters a lot of times is written and it's written funny, but their delivery is so poor and it's so off and it doesn't feel like it's really who they are. From the non-tenured actors, right? Yeah, Yeah. because 
the thing that makes a uh, actor so good on screen is a sense of realism mm-hmm. and a sense of that they're not acting. Right. And a lot of these people feel like they're acting. And so like I can appreciate on a level that like he's trying to go real with it, yeah. but not to the point where it sacrifices my ability the to quality. see them as like, yeah, the quality of yeah. like your acting. Um, but there's still really funny situations and scenarios, especially in the second season. I've really enjoyed um, the first little two episodes, which are like based in Italy. Yeah. And I've, I've really enjoyed the way that that's gone. And it does have clever situations and scenarios and they kind of play off of a few... Um, kind of famous in the first two episodes i believe they play off a couple uh famous uh italian sort of art films um the bike thief and i forget the other one but uh they play off a couple ones and so it's kind of creative and it's fun in that regard and i like it because of that i like it because of the dialogue um but i really am having a hard time getting through just the difficulty with the acting um bummer i do enjoy you know the topics that he kind of goes into and i feel like he does also Although you can tell he's got an opinion that goes in one direction with most of the like social commentary type stuff, mm-hmm. it never feels like he's beating you over the head with it, and okay. it never feels like he's just. It feels like it it comes up in normal everyday conversation and topic. It doesn't feel like they're like, oh well, now let's spend five minutes talking about this right yeah. topic because we need to for script reasons. It's like okay, well they're in a normal conversation and they're talking about things and they have these views and so those views would come out at different times. Mm. And so I'm I'm enjoying it for that level. I think we I can't the weird thing about it is I I just don't understand why I think it's getting as high of a rating as it is because it really is hard for me right at to get, times look past some of that stuff. Yeah, I, sure. I get why he did it, and but like that's the thing is like just because you have a good idea in your head and there's a good reason behind it doesn't mean it always translates well. Right. You know that's part of art is taking yeah. your concepts and ideas and making them translate well. Um, so I don't know. Okay. Um, I'm enjoying it. I'm going to keep watching it. I threw four episodes now. Rate the series overall um, so far. That's hard to say. I okay. see. I would give it like a B minus kind of low. Okay. Um, but it's still relatively positive. Like it's on the positive yeah. side. Okay. Yeah. It's still on the positive side. I, I don't think it's non worthwhile. It's just really hard for me at times to get past some of the acting. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, but there's definitely moments where I'm laughing and kind of giggling at it and, and enjoying different things. So there you go, Matt. Cool. Awesome. So any other thoughts? No, I was, that's, I was curious about it. So it's, I guess it's doing well. Netflix is still giving them money to make make a show. So Yeah. We'll see where it goes. So awesome. Then with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up on the podcast. Uh, some good ways, again, to get connected here at the end. Uh, you've got the website, which is realviewmedia.com. You can get signed up there on the newsletter and just check out what we got going on. Then in addition to that, you've got facebook.com slash Real Review Media. You've got Instagram and Twitter, which are both at Real Review Media. And uh, always, as always, we'd love to uh, talk to you and hear your thoughts and perspectives on different things. Yep. Definitely love to hear from you with our email address, which is realreviewmedia at gmail.com. So, Bam. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Well, then, uh, if there's nothing else, it's been real. It's been real. <laughs>